It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Samson Chronicles. I'm your host, Maureen, and we are here again with our uh, resident co-host, Janice. And today we are talking Sydney and Charlotte, their relationship together, and just the two of them. So let's let's dig right into Sydney and Charlotte. Sounds good. So I uh, really appreciated what Char- what Charlotte what Rose Williams said when she was interviewed and she talked about the fact that she felt like their two characters learned a lot um, about themselves through each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so Charlotte learned a lot about who she was from her relationship with Sydney and Sydney learned a lot about who his rela- who he was through his relationship with Charlotte, which I think, you know, we see a more dramatic change on his part. Yeah. In terms of who he is or how who he portrays himself to be. Yeah, I, I so, think it's yeah, we can see it better in him, but I think that's completely accurate because even when it comes to we talked last week about um Charlotte's character, and even when it comes to like her naivety, naivete, um Sydney is the one who brings that out in her and who shows her, you know, these things aren't what you think they are. And so it's right. more subtle in her. But she becomes more worldly in a good way because of Sydney and because of the knowledge that he has. Because as as much as we love Sydney and as much as we can see that, I mean, I don't think he likes himself for the greater part of this series. I don't think he likes no, himself and I don't think he the, trusts other people. No, not for the, easily the first half. And maybe that's why I like that's maybe that's why I like episodes five through eight best mm-hmm. because you know he he changes during the course of that time. Yeah. Much I'd say even so from episode three on, wouldn't you? Yeah, but there's a little crash there in episode four. But yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, it, yeah, it is interesting that in their first introduction, you know, how how you made. Yeah, <laughs> on the cliff sides. <laughs> now, the cliff sides is the beginning and the end, isn't it? But I think, though, that I don't think he really thought that was her new maid. If you can... And again, this is conjecture because I know it's script. That's what he says. I know that it's whatever. But when he says that, he also can't take his eyes off of her. Right. And I think that it's ingrained in him that there is danger. Whenever you find someone too attractive, whenever you really have this instinct to be with a woman, you need to pull back. And I think 
So I think that's why he says Numenus. I think his intention is to offend her so that there's right. no possibility of anything because yes. you'd feel that connection right away, I think. Doesn't, isn't there an interview with Theo James where he says that he thinks that he started to fall in love with her right from the very first moment? Yes, he does. Yeah, that's right. He said that in one of the interviews that he thinks that he's, he's reacting because he is attracted to her. Yeah. You know, so otherwise he might've just waited to be introduced if, mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. And I think the reason why he repeats, he says, Miss, and she says, Haywood, is because he wants to hear her voice. Yeah. It, yeah, that's a good point. Because you know he knows her name. Yeah, yeah. He's very, he is no dummy. He's very <laughs> quick and very um, observant, even mm -hmm. when you don't think he's being that way. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I think I that's where totally people draw think. the comparison with Mr. Darcy. At least for that's where mm -hmm. I see the comparison, Mr. Darcy, is that Darcy, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm talking about this again, but you know what? It's Jane Austen, so it's all the same thing, not ish, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> but no, it's fine. I love Dar Mr. Darcy, so I'm good with it. Darcy watched Elizabeth everywhere she went, he was drawn to her. He didn't, she is so much so that, and he hit it so well that she thought he hated her because right. he, he was rude to her, he was disingenuous it seemed he he ignored her he tried to avoid her but even though he she thought he was trying to avoid her he was actually going wherever she went and that's kind of like sydney where he i think he was a little bit better at you know what i'm gonna stay away but i think it's because sydney and that's i think that's where the comparison sort of deviates is because sydney was well aware that to not have attraction to someone or not stay with someone you need to stay away from them because he had that before with eliza and it broke him. So he knew exactly what to avoid to he comes, avoid feeling that way. Yeah, he comes from a very different place than Mr. Darcy. Yeah. Mr. Darcy is shy. Yes. And and not very, even though he comes across as very stuck up and he's not, not very um, confident, actually. Mm -hmm. And whereas Sydney's thing is not confidence, it's that he is really wounded. Yep. It's he, armor. Very, yeah. And um, I, it's, I, I think it's intentional that he puts it on all the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. He had, he feels like he has to, mm -hmm. and she describes it as keeping the world at arm's length. Yeah. And it's true, but it, yeah, it's emotional armor that he puts on. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that moment in the carriage is really sweet when they're in London in episode six. And um, she says that to him, and she said, I'd rather be naive than insensible of feeling. Right. And he actually, for a moment, let it down and said, is that really what you think of me? And then like when he says that, even now when I just repeated that, like my heart just kind of drops and I want to cry. I feel so bad for him in that moment. I feel such yes. compassion for him. And I think Charlotte does too, because you look at her face and she and knows that she's just hit a mark that she didn't mean to hit. Well, and she hammers away at him and you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is there are, they're so truthful each other in that, in that carriage, mm -hmm. you know, and they find out so much about each other in that carriage. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, I'm going to back us up just a little bit though. Yeah, absolutely. To, as, as we talk about the relationship. So of course we know what happens in the first episode at that ball mm -hmm. when he, 
she walk, goes up and joins him in the um, balcony and he says a penny for your thoughts and then she shares them and he just knocks her down and and her observances i think hit too close to home absolutely you know and so she just he just knocks her back and again you know just the the look on their faces you know the acting involved is so incredible you just buy these characters from yes from the very beginning. I mean, they are who they present themselves to be in those moments. And yeah, so, and then the next morning um, when they're, they, well, it's Charlotte is, meets him on the street, sees him on the street and tries to apologize. And he is so offensive again, you know? And again, I think the armor is just really, really up. But and in that moment, though, when he's that offensive, you see him take a deep breath before he starts talking. And you see the expression on his face is different than like what right before he starts talking, he's got one expression on his face. He takes a deep breath and then you can see almost like see it shut down as soon as he right. starts talking. So he, he alters everything about himself, his body language, his expression, the tone of his voice even is different when he starts talking to her again. And so you know that he didn't want to say those things to her because he feels this connection to her but he felt it necessary to say these things to her. It's this inward tug, yes. you know. He felt a very and, real danger there. Mm -hmm. And the best line, and the one that really sets him back on his feet is when she says, only if you don't care, I wonder that you take the trouble to be quite so offensive mm -hmm. and hurtful. And it's so true. It's like, yeah. if you really don't care, you would just you would just slough somebody off. You wouldn't give them the time of day, much less tell them you, you don't care what they think. Yep. And I think the reason that he has that expression on her face on his face when he left when he left is because she's the first person to see through all that garbage. She what she's saying to him is is yes, yeah, she's saying what she's saying, but she's also saying you do care. You need to recognize you care because everyone can see that this is just something you're doing and you're harming yourself more than anybody else. And I think yeah. so. Even in that statement, I think she was being compassionate. Yes, she was ticked off. He hurt her. He offended her. But she's also pointing out to him, "You're doing yourself more damage than anybody else." Yes, and you can also just tell in that moment that he has been his relationships with other women um, have are so are um, surface. Yeah, you know, there's nothing, and she isn't she isn't settling for that. You know, she's mm -hmm. she's not. She's, it's like you said, uh, when we talked about Charlotte's character before, she really um, appreciates you when you're genuine with her, yep. whatever yep. that is, you know, and he's not being genuine. And my favorite, I love the look on his face as she walks away. Yep. And there's a look on her face and she is pissed. <laughs> she is angry. <laughs> I love that. I love it, angry Charlotte. <laughs> and then when they are at the, um, lunch, luncheon, and she, you can tell she doesn't really want to sit next to him, but there mm -hmm. she is, right? Yep. And then he starts asking her opinion again, and you can just see her hackles go up like, wait a minute, this is where <laughs> we started before. Mm -hmm. And look how that turned out, you know. Yep. Uh, I received two lung, tongue -like lashings from you, and I, I don't know. I won't yeah. court a third. Isn't that what she says? Exactly. That's exactly what he says. You've got it right. And, and he's like, well, she says, why not be civil? And he says, 
well, maybe I, I will. And she's that would like, be pray. she's done with him. <laughs> <laughs> and she turns and starts talking to Crow, which is, you know, and in the, in the book, it talks a little bit more about their conversation, but I'm sure there's just no way for them to fit all of that into these I shows. Need to get that book. To, yeah. I, I just ordered so bad. it. Every time you talk about it, I'm like, oh man, I need that. And you sent me the link and I keep, I was on Amazon last night. I couldn't remember the name of it. And then I just remembered when we were talking about Charlotte that uh, you sent me the link for the book. So I got to get it. I just downloaded it on Kindle. Mm -hmm. And it's great because I'm finally fitting it in because I have the app on my phone and on my <laughs> iPad and on my computer. So wherever I am. And the great thing about that is you don't even have to use a bookmark. It keeps track of where you were yep. last reading. <laughs> Exactly. No matter where you are, which is wonderful. And I think too, that with Charlotte, like in that, in that moment at that luncheon, the pineapple luncheon, I think she wants, I don't, I don't even know that she wants to be done with him. I think she feels that it's necessary for her to not give him more to mock her with. But I think if we would have stayed the course with that and she wouldn't have, Sydney wouldn't have sought her out, but she saw him in pain. I think she would have raced to help him. Oh, absolutely. Because I yeah. think that on her, and that's not just, that goes beyond, yes, yeah, Charlotte helps anyone in pain, but I think in Sydney's case, it would be because she feels the same way Sydney does from the very beginning. Oh yeah. She's quite intrigued. <laughs> I think too, going back to that first ball scene, I love um, the expression on Sydney's face when um, he's introducing them to Crow and Babington, because the only one he really looks at is Charlotte. He looks at his two friends and he looks at Charlotte. He doesn't really look at Esther. He doesn't really look at Claire. He just looks at Charlotte. And then in the end, when he's kind of gauging her, I think like at first I was like, wow, that's super rude. Like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? But I think part of it is that he's gauging whether or not it's safe enough to dance with her because he obviously feels that connection. He obviously feels that attraction. I think for him, it's not so much a staring at her trying to, trying to see if she's worth his time, but I think it's him watching her thinking, can I handle what this is going to bring? And, and then in that episode, when they are dancing and she is talking about how it affects Tom and the, and Sanditon, you know, um, and, and she's gauging whether he is really interested in supporting his brother, you know, mm -hmm. um, in that conversation, that is also too close to home for him. It's like, you know, this, we've talked before about how he kind of sees her as a little bit of an interloper, you know, into his family. And now she has all these insights. And so he's like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and he takes the first opportunity when the dancing stops and he has to go deal with um, Georgiana mm -hmm. that, you know, he pulls away from her. Yeah. I think I see that scene just a little bit differently. I think that while she's trying to trying to um, talk to him about Tom and how he feels about Tom, I think she's more trying to figure Sydney out. Oh yeah, right. I, then, I think you're right. And I think that he, I think he is more. I don't think at that point, I don't think he ever really truly sees her as an interloper. I think that he sees her. I, I think he would describe her as that because he feels that she's connecting too closely with him. And that she's reading too closely into who he is and she's understanding who he is and he does not he's not okay with that because he doesn't want anyone to see who he really is because that's danger but right. i think in that scene when she says and you can kind of see it in his expression how his body kind of reacts to it when she says 
um, how does she word it when she says something along the lines of, oh my gosh, I can't remember the exact line. When she when says, are you talking about when they're dancing? Yeah. And she, he, she says uh, that if, and you care about that. Yes. Yeah. That's and you care says. about those things. Yeah. That's what it is. And you yeah. care about those things. And then he kind of goes, yes <laughs> but i mean he says more than that but just the way his body kind of cocks I do for my, you what right i do for my brother's sake yes he said she said he says i do for my brother's sake yeah yeah and i yeah. think for him that's so, shocking because he was expecting her to be just like every other woman he met and at that moment when he's watching her trying to figure him out she's not she doesn't care about who he is she doesn't care about his money or anything else at that moment like the other women who fawn over him do she cares about what her his brother cares about and she cares about how he views his family and i think for him that was like right so she has substance and i think in that and i think that's why he makes the excuses to pull away quickly is because he's like oh crap <laughs> this is this is more dangerous than yeah. i thought it was i gotta leave i gotta back out of the situation i think georgiana was a, also yeah, to the point where georgiana very... comes in the room you see um the three the three women how they look at georgiana there's diana who is very nervous and kind of scared. You see um, Mary, who is just like, so sad for Georgiana. And then you see Charlotte looking at Georgiana and she's instantly, she feels compassion for her, I think instantly, but she's also analyzing how Georgiana mm -hmm. is reacting to Sydney. And I think she's doing that twofold reasons. I think she wants to know more about, about Georgiana because she she's drawn to people who are hurting. Is intriguing. Yeah, but I think also yeah. she's, wants she's very interested in how sydney receives georgiana and how georgiana receives sydney because she's trying to figure out sydney's character and what their relationship is at that point she doesn't even know yeah i think she might have an inkling but you know this is really the first introduction yeah, yeah. because tom hasn't really talked about i mean tom doesn't know we find out really that that um he's that sydney is his her guardian that has confused me out. a little bit yeah, I agree. I haven't gotten to that section of the book, or at least I don't remember seeing anything about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm actually, I'm past that. I should know, but anyway. Because I always, you kind of feel like he should know that that's Sydney's guardian because it's his brother and they constantly talk about things. But then in the first episode, he acts as if he has no idea because he says to Sydney, what do you know about Ms. Lamb? And he says a great deal more than I care to. Right. Well, so I think Sydney's one of those people who compartmentalizes things, mm -hmm. you know, He's doing this project for his brother. He doesn't really talk about his brother's project as much with his own business. He has his own business. And then Georgiana is another part of it. And the whole reason that they're finding out about Georgiana so much is because Georgiana's gone, gone he's moved her to Sanditon mm -hmm. to get him away, get her away from Otis and yeah. the dangers he sees in London. So do you think it was a spur of the moment decision that he moved Georgiana to Sanderson? Because that's what confused me all the time. I thought, well, if he's moving Georgiana to Sanderson to help his brother out financially because she has money, wouldn't he tell his brother that? But it would make more I don't sense think, if it was a spur of the moment. I, yeah, I don't think that was the motivation. I think the motivation <clears throat> was to keep her away from Otis. Yeah, that makes because sense. Because he's worried about her, you know, getting involved with him and running off or whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. We don't know at that point about the whole you know they'll let you get married in scotland without any permission <laughs> yeah i mean i knew about that beforehand but that's just because i read a lot of regency things 
Right. But I mean, in the story, we don't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. No. And I think too, going back to Sydney and Charlotte, when they're up on the balcony and he says, because it's the way he looks at her when she first comes up there and she says, beg your pardon. And he just kind of stares at her for a minute and he smiles and it's, it's a genuine smile. And I think he's found himself in a place he doesn't regularly find himself where it's, he's actually interested in this girl. And I think he usually works very hard to have zero interest in the girls that are around him. And so he asked this question in complete, I think it kind of shocks him a little bit that he asked her these questions. And then when she says what she's thinking and he smiles and he's like, and what have you found about me? And I think that that was the first time he actually wanted like a favorable response and he got one, but then he saw how much she saw truth in these people. And she brought up very, very accurate depictions of all the brothers. And that was the moment he was like, nope, okay, we're done here. And she doesn't really say things that are disparaging about no. them. She really doesn't. And yeah, I mean, her. it's just, it's like, there's too much insight here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and all of a sudden she's, he's realizing she isn't this frivolous, unintelligent person. Yep. He's very intelligent. Yeah. And then that is even further um, put out there or he realizes even more in chapter two in episode two, when, you know, they're interacting. Yeah. And then we get to episode three when they join forces to help old Stringer. Mm-hmm. And then, then he is actually able to see her as a person of substance. Yeah. I think he always has seen her as a person of substance. But now there's real evidence of it. I mean, she didn't shy away from helping Stringer. Mm-hmm. She is no ordinary woman. She's not just another one who might be interested in my money or my you know, whatever, my good looks. She is, she's a person who's not afraid to dive in and take care of problems. She's not just this young, um, frivolous, as she says, when they have their conversation after helping old Stringer, you know, you saw me as frivolous. And he's like, well, yes, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and when he apologizes to her, um, that then says, you've made a good account of yourself. Yeah. today that you've shown yourself to be very i wouldn't have expected you to be so capable he gives away a lot in those yeah. comments in terms of okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus um what he was thinking you know mm-hmm. what he wanted to think i mean i think you're right it's not that he didn't see her as having any substance but he didn't want to see that much <laughs> yeah before because I think that's why I think that was the danger is that he saw she had substance and that's what he wanted was a woman who is unlike those he had met already. 
Right. He didn't want another Eliza Campion. He didn't want another nobody. I mean, he was, I think he was afraid to be with anybody at all. But if he was, the danger is that who would attract him as someone who had some modicum of substance. And I think we see right. that in the pineapple luncheon when he can't help but talk to her. So he's, right. he's frustrated that she hit the nail on the head. And you can even see from the, the first ball on how he treats Tom and how he speaks to Tom. It's a, I think that's a direct influence of what Charlotte revealed to him because it made him kind of, it forced him to see how right she actually was. Because I guarantee you, yes, I know that these are fake people. I know these are not real people. They're characters <laughs> in the story. But if this character was real, I guarantee you he went back to wherever he was staying and thought about those comments all night long. And then he comes back and he treats Tom accordingly. And he treats Arthur yeah. accordingly. And you can see that in the pineapple lunch when Arthur comes in there and um sydney goes up to him and talks to the lady denim and then arthur is arthur yeah <laughs> and sydney just kind of goes right and pulls him away and yeah. so even that moment is you know he's got to be thinking about what charlotte had, had said to him the night before right how how eccentric he is and how egregious he is and how contrary he is and i think that was why he used the word right right there like yeah oh yeah he is like this isn't he yeah yeah definitely and then when they talk at the luncheon, I think that that is, he can't help it. I, I think that he was probably, part of him was elated that he was sitting next to her. I think there was a healthy dose of fear there too. But I think every moment he spends with Charlotte is something he craves, not just because he has this connection with her, but because it makes him feel more alive because it forces him to look at things where I think right. that he avoids doing that at all costs. So with Charlotte, she brings these things that are truth. She brings these things that he should be looking at, things that he should be seeing, and he's forced to look at them. Right. Instead of just live, be in the habits we have in our lives. Yeah, exactly. He has to take a step back. It wakes him up. And, yeah. And uh, the meeting at the coves. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, you know. I, that scene is so telling. <laughs> because I love how first he's like oh, really I, am i never to get away from you and that right there is super telling because do you think about her were you thinking about her before you got out of the water were you thinking <laughs> about her at every point that you walk away so yes yeah, she's already in your dreams she's already in your thoughts constantly and now she's here in person so yeah you i think that's what he was saying there is you're already everywhere except for in person and now you're here in person when i'm trying to be alone and so that's telling for one thing but then when she starts to insult him, or not insult him and say, I believe me, there was every other place I would rather be than here. You're the and, last person I wish to see. Yes. Yeah. And I think he's kind of like, oh, that's a bummer. But then he knows why she's running in that smirk, that little smirk at the end as she's running yeah. away. But he realizes, so she is a little attracted to me, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. And so then, you know, as, as you know, when you we go move into episode three, and I call it the thaw, it's because they suddenly are working together and start to see each other differently. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, of course, we've talked a little bit about their apology um, to each other and, and um, how they bring up the, uh, the part about the coves and how they neither one intended, you know, it was totally an accident. And well then, well then... <laughs> And, but then my most favorite scene, one of my most favorite scenes in the whole series is the one where he's down at the river playing with the children 
and she goes down yep. to get them to come to tea and they um and the children involve her you know were the girls involve her in what they're doing mm-hmm and he kind of really checks her out for this is the first time he's seen her since since they were saving old stringer and well i mean they saw each other at lady denim's and then they saw each other no but but uh, yeah, no but oh, we the injury they take oh, her since the, the injury, injury. gotcha since the injury. yeah okay. since the injury and so uh, i love that of course we talked about this before when we did the recap of episode three but my i love her line can you can we not rewrite our history if we find it disagreeable Mm -hmm. after he says well the boys have to win because they're you know they have the english boat yeah that that, that then sinks (laughs) (laughs) and and the oldest daughter calls her we will call you admiral awood which is is just that whole moment and the interaction and the looks between them yeah and and then, of course, is when she comes up with this idea for the regatta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, and then the interaction between them is so warm, and how he's giving her all this credit. Mm-hmm. And then when they go to talk to Tom, even when Tom takes it on as his own idea. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tom. <laughs> I know. It's great. Yeah. And Mary's so wary of the whole thing. You can just see all of that. That but, was the one expression I asked her about. <laughs> I know. I had to say, you know, I know it was two years ago, but <laughs> she remembered. She remembered that that look, sort of. That was that was good, and she was like, "Well, he was trying. She was trying to be supportive." Yeah. <laughs> I think too, but, that going back to a little bit, a little bit further back in episode three, um, the very beginning scene of episode three is so when Sydney gets drunk, he does nothing but talk about Charlotte, and. <laughs> I think it's that moment that his friends realize, I, I think they're teasing because they aren't sure really what it means because I don't think they've ever really seen Sydney with a woman. Not, right, not relationally. Right, in a substantial way, right. Exactly. And so I think that they think it's hilarious that he is talking about this girl who they don't, they don't understand why because to Charlotte, she doesn't have, or to them, Charlotte doesn't have a lot of substance because they have never spent time with her. They've never spoken to her. She's never spoken to them. So they just see she's a young girl who is no experience and comes from not a great family. So what's, what's the pull there, but they could see Sydney strong enough. So I think they think it's kind of a joke that he's, you know, it's worth teasing him about because nothing's ever going to come with this. This is who this girl is. So it's just, it just must be something different, but that Sydney talks about her and how I, I wish that they had written a scene where he talks about, like where we actually see the drunken conversation he had with Crow and Babington about Charlotte, because I want to know right. if he talked about how he felt about her, or I want to know if he talked about, you know, what he thought her looks meant. Like Justin Young, can you please get that done? <laughs> I want to hear that conversation. I want to know what he said to his friends when he had no inhibitions well, I, whatsoever. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, more than anything, he just confessed. He let down his guard enough to say, that she had found him nude bathing, you know? I think it was more than that though, because what Crow and Babington, they said, isn't that what you said Charlotte said when she saw you? So I think he was talking more about what actually happened rather than just disclosing that it happened. Well, that might be, but I also think that he's guarded with everybody. He's not just guarded with women. 
Oh yeah, and, but not when you're drunk. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just the fact that he even opened up. Oh yeah, yeah. To talk about it at all mm-hmm. is is a change, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then we see them walk. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that um, when leading up to Stringer's accident, when we see them come together, and he tries. I think it's that moment when he realizes after the coves that okay, she's now now I know that there's a level of connection to me that she feels, and I think that's why he starts to be almost mean to her when she when she keeps showing up wherever he is because. Think, all right, I can't. I've got to put a stop to this now. This has to. This has to be over. I, if it goes any further, I'm in big trouble. And I think that's why he starts to be mean whenever he sees her. And then we see Doctor Fuchs come in, and he's recognizing all these things that Charlotte had said, how true they were, how accurate they were. And I think that's part of the reason he leaves early. Like, all right, you know, I can't. I just I can't be in the same room with her because you look at the expression on both of their faces. And I know we talked about this in episode three recap, but they zoom in on his face. And then they go back and they zoom in on her face. It's the same expression. They're both like, what is happening right now? But right. I think the other reason he leaves early, because there's not really a reason for him to leave early. It doesn't kill him to sit there. He, it, it, it wouldn't hurt him. It wouldn't do anything to him if he sat there through this demonstration. But I think part of the reason he leaves is because he just cannot, he doesn't want to be in the same room with her because he can't help himself around her. I think he's coming well, to that realization. And all that changes when they help you know then everything changes in that episode yeah the way he looks at her when she's bent over old stringer i just love it yeah 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 no the whole and then he really um listens to her during all of that and then the, the really i mean after the regatta idea when tom says we're going on the beach uh, and they go to walk on the beach and then they're walking together really for the first time mm-hmm. together. And he, he says, um, could it be that we had each other wrong? Mm-hmm. You know? And so he he's calls her Admiral Awood. Yeah. And, and, you know, ask for her help and he's really confessing, um, the change in him mm-hmm. in that, in, in that moment, because he has to know that her attitude towards him or reaction is entirely based on the way he had treated her. Oh, absolutely. He knows. Yeah. He worked. And so, yeah, he's confessing that he was wrong about her and he, you know, hopefully she's wrong about him. Mm -hmm. And I think too, that in that moment, it's a really sweet moment because he's saying for the first time in since Eliza, I would think I trust you and I'm letting you know that I trust you enough. I could have asked anybody. And I, in fact, didn't have to ask anybody, but mm. I'm letting you partner with me in this, which is a huge deal for Sydney. It Parker. is. It, it definitely is. And that's what just breaks my heart about episode four, because he's ready to be open to her. He comes back early to see her. That's the whole reason he comes back. He's excited that she might be with Char- uh, Georgiana, that he she's living up to her word. Mm-hmm. And then he found, finds out that, no, nah, he doesn't know that Georgiana manipulated her into this, which she did. But also but, Charlotte never says it. Charlotte never says, I was just trying to keep her safe. No, I know. No, because at that point, she's just lashing back out at him after she gets caught mocking him. And then she has all this new information that's very negative about him in terms of antique and Antigua and 
how he made his money. And, you know, of course, the way Georgiana tells it is a way oversimplification. Mm -hmm. But it's... And inaccurate. Yes, that's right. And so, it, but it's the part that just like breaks your heart, you know? Mm -hmm. that... Yeah, I agree there. And I think that, I think that the mock, still the mocking scene just seems so out of place because even, even if Charlotte had this new information, I just, I can't see her doing that to Sydney. Like that, that was the one thing that still a well, little bit, I, I can't get behind. The, uh, okay. So the, he, she starts off mocking um, Mrs. Griffith. Griffith, right? And then she moves into mocking uh, Georgia, I mean, Sydney. And mm -hmm. I think it's because she's trying to be friends with the two of them and be part of their group. You know what I mean? And so by sort of taking Georgiana and Otis's side, by mocking um, Sydney, that's how she's doing it. And never in a million years did he, she expect for him to be there and see it. That's why it felt so out of character for me because it's not an authentic thing. Because you can see on her face yeah. when Sydney says, no, do go on. The look on her face is like, it, it's not just, oh crap, I'm caught. It's, oh no, what have I just done to him? Yeah. And you know that some she feels more terrible about how he's going to feel about what she did than the fact that she was caught. And that is so out of character for Charlotte, in my opinion. I think that there right, was, I know that they had to do it to bring up that conflict. Right. But I do think that the one thing that's, I can see it because I can see her having work, you know, I'm sure when she's at home and she's the oldest with all the brothers and sisters that she does things like that. I mean, you know, I mean, imitates people and, uh, you know, mm. with your brothers and sisters, there's things you do like that. Yeah. And so I think what, how it works is that it makes her a more well-rounded character. She's not perfect, mm -hmm. you know, and it's proven by that scene. Yeah, that's true. And, and then she lashes out at him when he, you know, talks about how disappointed he is in her. And I should have known better than to trust you, you know, and then she comes right back at him and no wonder they both got so mad, <laughs> you know, and I think and that, that, that scene is really telling on multiple, multiple levels. Yeah. I think yeah. that when she, I mean, she's armed with the, with the false information that he's a slave trade or that he keeps slaves, that he's a slave owner is what I was trying to say. And so that has already kind of fired her up. But when he says those things to her as she's, she's, I mean, we see in episode three that she feels something for him very clearly. It's the right. first time that we actually see that she's allowing herself to alter her opinions on him. And she's willing to give him more of herself, that she's willing to let him in a little bit more. And so when he says, I should have known better to trust you, then she's already, she's so hurt and hurt people hurt people. And so her instinct is just, you know what? Fine, I'm going to hit you back. I wasn't going to do it, but now I'm going to hit you back. And the heartbreaking moment for me is when he almost breathless says, you speak out of turn. Mm -hmm. that's the part that always just kind of is like a knife to the heart for me because it just he seems so overwhelmed with sadness and that moment at how she actually how little she must think of him to think he does this horrible horrible thing right yeah and yeah. all the things he and, thought she felt for him he's got to assume were just false yeah you know it's such a sad moment and 
um, then of course he she walks with Stringer. He, I mean, even in spite of how angry he is at her and how misguided her information is, well, both of them, they're both, mm -hmm. it's, they, if they really understood, both of them understood what was going yep. on, they wouldn't have been so angry with no. each other. But he did um, exactly what he asked her to do. Right. And Sydney does, uh, but even then, even as he's yelling at her and mad at her, he asks Stringer to walk her home. Yep. He's still a gentleman about it. And he still desires protecting her. That's right. And then it's so interesting to me when they cross paths back in the um, Trafalgar mm -hmm. uh, house that, you know, they're both, they stop at the stairs and they're very cold with each other. Did you notice that Charlotte for one of the few times has her hair up? Yep. I mean, it's, that tells you a lot mm -hmm. right there. And then uh, Charlotte, that's when Charlotte decides that he, she's going to help Georgiana and she goes and says he's self-important, prejudiced and cruel. Well, that's none of that's really true, but yep. that's, that's her view of it at that and point. Part of it is because he didn't deny when they were right. arguing, but what was the point? And I think Sydney saw that. I think he said, he thought to himself, well, it doesn't matter if I deny this, you're already set in your opinions and you're not going to alter it if I deny. Right. And he also says, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have to explain myself to you. Mm -hmm. you know? It's probably the first person that she, he has even had somebody challenge, challenge him in for a long time. But I think that statement was more of a, um, a realization that he, I think he felt in that moment that he, she'll take anybody else's word than his. So he's, I think him saying, I don't have to explain myself to you was him trying to like put back on that strong exterior, oh, that armor. Man, I don't think he actually felt that way at all. I think he felt there's nothing I can say here because you clearly value other people more than me. So I, I'm not going to explain anything to you. I'm not going to stoop to that level. Right. And he's not even opening open to trying to understand what she was doing, mm -hmm. but it is because made worse it, he walked in on her mocking him though. Right. I That's know. <laughs> Well, I mean, what would anybody think? You know, it was, yeah, she was trying too much to be a friend to the two of them instead of the responsible adult, yeah. as it were. And I think if she could have actually like really taken herself out of that moment and looked at Sydney, when they saw each other back at Trafalgar House, Sydney didn't look angry. He didn't look furious. He looked kind of devastated. He looked yeah. really down when he, because he just took a deep sigh and he quietly said, Miss Haywood. And that was it. He, he wasn't, the fight had gone out of him because he was just, I think he was mad at himself. So he was internalizing it. Cause well, I did it again. I let her in. I trusted someone and look at how, look at what happened again. And yep. I don't think he was mad at her. I think he was mad at himself for letting her in. And he oh, was devastated right. at the loss of that, what he thought was the loss of that connection. Yep. Yep. That's right. And then, but he still can't take his eyes off of her as we see at the cricket match. Because I he mean, still deeply cares for her. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he is. And his line about uh, never short of assumptions and uh, yet more assumptions. He says that, mm -hmm. you know, um, when she, when he, 
the never short of assumptions is when she says, oh, you're here for the cricket, I assume, you know, and then again, at the cricket. And, but he's been watching her all this time with Stringer and what he's saying to, she's saying to Stringer. And uh, then she's, she sort of have, feels like she has to tell him good luck. Yeah. And I think that in episode six, when he says, I've underestimated you, and that's what he's apologizing for, I think that goes back to episode five when he's the assumptions thing, because she's obviously right. <laughs> it's not an assumption. That is why he's there. That yeah. it, the only assumption is that, um, and I, I don't think it would have always been an assumption, but when she says, I, though I imagine you don't think you'll need it, that was Sydney pre Charlotte. Yes. He wouldn't have thought. So him saying the assumption thing is just a way to kind of take an unjustified dig at her because she's right. And he knows yeah. she's right. And he wants her to think, you don't know me at all. Look at right. how naive and little you are. He's his words are designed to hurt. And I think if we go back to the cricket match, one of my favorite looks, and it took me a few times watching it to see this, but I mean, obviously there's the one she's Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Trying to get away from her before he comes there and she goes to Georgiana and you see him in the background watching her. And then there's the... I, I posted something on Twitter a while ago uh, that everyone talks about the smolder of the dance scene in episode six. But I think there's way more smolder in the way he looks at, <laughs> at Charlotte um, right after they greet Reverend Hankins. In the cricket match when he's just kind of staring over the top of his eyes at her as she walks away do you know what i'm talking about oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. their first like when they're close to each other and she kind of gives him a look as she's walking away like what are you doing but my yeah. favorite look is when she's talking to stringer and he she says you have admirers already and he says i hope you're one of them and you see in the background sydney like trying discreetly to just watch them and it's my favorite sydney expression because you can almost see the pain of i'm not him and then when she comes over, he hastily tries to look away anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. And also, have you noticed that they, uh, they're so skillful in the way they've edited this <laughs> and put this together because he, the, he um, is the bowler. I think they call it when he's mm -hmm. pitching, I would call it pitching the ball. The first two times he gives up hits, gives up scores. And both times he's looked at her before yep. he threw the ball. And then, you know, the next time when he gets the out, he's not looking at her, mm -hmm. you know, she's distracting, obviously. And it's also telling when Stringer is the bowler and Sydney and Charlotte are out on the field and Stringer gives her the smile and Sydney's just kind of watching him as, he, as she smiles at her. And the expression on Sydney's face is very telling of exactly how he feels about Charlotte and Stringer. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then I love too, when they, after Georgiana's gone, and they go back, He's you see him in Mrs. Griffiths and Charlotte appears in there. He does not hesitate before he just unloads on her all of his fears. There's zero hesitation there. And I think that just like when they were on the beach in episode three and he says, you know, I'm, I want you to partner with me in this. I trust you. 
I think that he's in that moment of fear. He goes right back to what he knows in his gut is true that she is worth trusting and that she is able to partner with him and she's able to match him. And so he just unloads all of his emotional fears to Charlotte right away. And I think that is such a sweet moment that he does it. Of course, it's ruined in a few minutes by saying, hey, by the way, he was me. But still- uh, he Say that again. It's ruined when he says what? When she says, oh, by the way, it was me. I'm the one who helped her do this. Right, it's, right. That he right. kind of, like every time he gives himself, he's like, oh, why did you do that? So it's no, like- <laughs> it, it was interesting in the Q&A, Lisa Clark talked about, they, they redid that scene about five times. Oh, really? Trying to get it right. And, you know, uh, like the level of anger, the, you know, how they re played the scene. So, and I wrote uh, to her at that time, well, you did it perfectly because mm -hmm. the, it is, I mean, he's angry, but he holds it in a lot, you know? And he, when he says, you forgot, you know, and, um, and, yeah, I mean, it's so well done. That scene is just perfect, if you ask mm -hmm. me. Yeah, it yeah. is. Because I think it runs the whole gamut of emotions. There's, there's, and that connection is solidified a little more because it's it's not just that Sydney unloads on her and trusts her to give her all his emotional fear. But in the end, Charlotte realizes just what, I, I think she underestimated just how much of this burden of Georgiana that, that Sydney carries. And, and it was that moment it, that she realized he's not what Georgiana has says he is. She's not, he's not the impression that they've given me. He genuinely cares for her and wants her safety. And what have I done? How I betrayed this man. What have I done? Right. And, it, 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 and just the reality hits Charlotte mm -hmm. about how her actions have really put her in danger and in a way that she probably never could have conceived of before this. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, um, then we move into episode six and, and I'm going to try and do this quickly, but although this is my absolute favorite episode. Um, so, uh, we'll talk about it later when we get into the whole episode, but, um, uh, that she has the courage to get on the coach. We talked about that uh, when we talked about her, but, and then thankfully they meet up right away. And he rescues her from that assault that's taking place. I mean, it's mm -hmm. really an assault. And she, um, but she is so determined to try and make things right. She keeps bringing that up with, with him. And the whole conversation in the coach when they're back and forth and, and at many points in that conversation, he's not ready to give up, but he is very, very frustrated mm -hmm. and rightly her, so. right. And her desire to, and determination, incredible determination to find Georgiana keeps her thinking logically all along the way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they, they battle it out on the co in the coach in terms of their conversations and really finding out who each other are and how they feel about each other. But it is, as we have talked about a little bit before, it's her logic that keeps him moving forward. I mean, he's so mad at Otis. I mean, it's her knowledge that takes him to the Sons of Norway. Um, not the Sons of Norway. Sons of Africa. <laughs> the Sons of Africa. And, and, 
it, it's the fact that she realizes that he didn't get the post. I mean, he says, why would somebody steal your post? That leaves our Otis to figure out um, that it must be her, his death that's caused the problem. Yeah. And then Sydney's anger at Otis over the debt, but she says, well, I'd, he doesn't sound like a gentleman who would give up um, without having payment. And that's mm -hmm. what moves them the next step forward. Yeah, but I think there's there's even a more telling scene of, of where they stand together. And that's when um, he has Otis up against a wall. Oh yes. And he says, I, I should end you right here and now. And the the way it's framed you can't you can only tell by knowing where she's standing before they cut back to sydney because his eyes are over this way which is right where charlotte is standing so she she knows enough to get in his eye line and, right and say what good will it do listen to me focus on me and sit charlotte is the only one who can bring sydney down in that moment i think Yes. because oh, yeah. of the connection that they are both starting to recognize that they have. And even though they're fighting it, I think they're both fighting it at this point because I think that they're both like, well, there's, there's no, there's no way we're going to work, but there's that connection is still there. And even, as much as he wanted to protect her from that assault. And I love even them when they're walking back to the carriage and that guy just innocently stumbles by and Sydney grabs him by the shoulder and says, excuse me. I just still protecting Charlotte. I love that scene. It makes me laugh out loud every time I see that. Cause yeah, that guy was completely innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. He just got thrown just for nothing. But as much as he is protecting her, Charlotte's instinct is always like she was, it wasn't so much about protecting Otis in that moment. It was protecting Sydney from himself. And so she also, because there is that connection, because there's genuine feelings and genuine emotion, and they're really becoming, even though they're at odds, they're beginning to love each other very deeply in, in a way that is lasting that her instinct is to protect Sydney from himself. So she gets in his eye line and says, focus on me and take a breath and step away. And he actually does. He closes his eyes and he takes a breath and he lets him go. And I think that is yeah, no, that's telling what... things in that episode of where they stand with each other. Because he's listening to her. He's learning to listen to her. And she knows yeah. it because she knows all she has to do is get in his eye line. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole interaction there is so wonderful. And um, so, but I mean, that right there, it just says that, yes, we talk about how Sydney watches her. She has yes. to be watching him too. Right. And we can kind of see that in those little glimpses. Like there was in an earlier episode, I think it was episode two, where um, they pass each other. She's coming back from swimming and he's going to Trafalgar House or leaving Trafalgar House. And she mm -hmm. watches him out of the corner of her eye. And then you, so you, but we forget that because we're so consumed with how Sydney watches her all the time. We forget to watch those little moments where Charlotte's eyes are on him and she's oh, reading yes. him and she's watching him. She's observing him because she is falling in love with him. And so we can see just how much she has watched him and observed him to know that that's what she needs. That's all she has to do to get Sydney to listen to her. And she knows he will. I don't think there's any doubt that he'll listen to her, but she speaks quietly. She speaks certainly. And he listens. Yeah. So then I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because yeah. what is really important, I think, is the interaction between, between them, both when she's apologizing to him after they get back, they're in um, oh, their house, they're in. Oh, in, in six. Yeah. And when she is um, uh, trying to apologize for him to him 
for the way she had the assumption she'd made about his prejudice and all that. And he says, I'm not accepting her apology, you know, that he realizes he's underestimated her. I mean, you obviously he's been really affected by this whole event yeah. in a very large way. And um, obviously she is too. And then when they're at the ball and he says, um, don't ever doubt yourself. You're equal to any woman here. I mean, those You're are more than equal to anyone here. More than equal, right. And just the emotion in his eyes towards her in those moments is pretty amazing. And it's one I'm of the amazed. few times I'm actually mad at Tom. What's that? It's one of the few times I actually get mad at Tom. Yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? In that moment, really, Tom? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just, and also how she figures out really how she's feeling with about him based on his her conversation with uh, Babington, mm -hmm. you know, and her conversation with Lady Susan. Yep. You know, really, and then they have the incredible dance that mm -hmm. will live in infamy. I think it's the best dance uh, ever in any any film I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. and watch all the different emotions play out on their faces. From first, it starts off as a deep desire, like you can just see them both on their faces that they, they it's not lost on them what touch means. Right. And before they even begin, there there's such an anticipation and there's such such a desire to be able to hold her and for her to be able to, to put her hands on him that even though it's just a dance, they understand the depth of the meaning behind that touch for them because they understand for the first time because Sydney has always kind of known it, but he's refused to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. He's finally acknowledging it, finally allowing it to the surface. And she, for the first time, is aware so they both understand so deeply what this touch is about to mean. And there's no verbal in that dance at all, none whatsoever. Right. And so you see it start off that way. And then you see that there is, their connection is almost intensified by this dance. And you see her confusion at first. And it's almost like the look on his face is reassuring her. No, this is good. This is going to be good. And then once they both just give themselves over to it, the joy, the pure joy that's on their face as they, as they go into that dance. And do you notice that that is the moment, the very first time that Sydney begins to smile, Eliza Campion walks in in the background, like, yep, yep. Really? <laughs> Cause I, I actually went back and I started watching, when does she come in? She came in right when he was joyful. And then she's like, hmm, I'm going to take that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're this series, they take us up and take us down. I know. <laughs> and now we're, we're not permanently down. We're going to come no. back from this. Yes, we do. But talking Sydney and Charlotte makes you feel like you're going to be permanently down. <laughs> yeah. And then they, then, of course, in chapter, in chapter seven, in episode seven, all the interaction, the, on the boat, on the, when they're rowing, which is an incredible scene as well. And the acting between these two is amazing. Yeah. And the, um, and that's one of the reasons why they cannot recast Sydney mm -mm. because I'm sorry, you cannot replace that. No, um, you just can't replace that. No. And you know, you know, Davies understands that mm -hmm. as well as the rest of the producers and everything. I mean, they, they know it. And so it's, 
and then when they have their, you know, interaction with Lady Susan and Eliza, and then he chases after her to try and <clears throat> smooth things over. And she says, what, what is it you want of me? And he is speechless mm -hmm. because he hasn't been able to put into words what he wants. Yep. And so then eventually when they are back together, when he comes by to find her at the house and, <laughs> and she's like, oh, I thought you'd be gone with um, Mrs. Campion. And he's like, well, she's left already. I chose not to join him. I realized that I want to be here with you. Well, he didn't say with you, but he says, I prefer to be here, which is a huge change. He, he kept trying to get out of Sanditon. Yeah. In, in episode four, five, he said he wasn't going to be back to Sanditon. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, the, the, the interaction is amazing. And then y'all let you say the words he says. I, I do want to say it, but I want to jump back a bit to their okay. interaction right after Eliza, because when she says, um, now I know that you really think, oh, she, she said, she asked him a question. Is that all you really, is that all I am to you? And he says, no, of course not. You're And then he stops. Yes. Right. After, so he was going to say, no, you're more than that. You're much more than that yeah. is what I assume is going to come out of his mouth. But there's a pain in his face. And again, this is another reason they cannot recast Sydney because Theo James masterfully depicts Sydney Parker's emotions. And I don't think because we've seen him as Theo or as, as Sydney, there is no way anybody else can do what Theo James did with that character. And I, I've said this on, on our Facebook group and people are saying there's good actors out there just as good as Theo. I, there are, you're right. But Theo James has become Sidney Parker because he gave himself fully over to that character. And in that moment, when he says, no, of course not, you're more, there is such a deep pain etched on his face when he stops yes. his words. Because yeah. you know that he desperately wants to tell her that, but he just feels so afraid and he feels so trapped. And I think in that moment, not only does he hate that he feels so trapped and afraid, but he hates that it's destroying the person who he has come to realize how much he loves her. Yeah. That he's hurting her in that mm -hmm. process. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. there's also, I think the other reason he stops is because there's also a desperate sadness to, I think he feels she's better off without me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm trash. And I, I really think that he feels that in that moment until um, I think it's might be Stringer who puts him into action. This is not the prize I was after. And you see Sydney think about it for a minute. But I, again, we talked about earlier, Sydney's not an idiot. <laughs> he's, he's no, no dummy. So I think he, it might've taken him a minute, but he understands you're right. She is a prize and I have, I have her, don't I? And so when he tells her, I find that, I don't remember how he starts, but he says, I'm my truest self, my best self when I'm with you. Right. It's such an accurate depiction of both of them. And at first, the first time I saw it, I was like, well, couldn't you pick more romantic lines? Like, yeah, it's sweet and it's it's descriptive, but couldn't you have said, I love you? Couldn't you have confessed how much you feel for her? But I think for Sydney, that was more a confession than I love you. Yes. Saying that. Yeah. And and it carries more meaning, really. I mean, absolutely. Because people throw toss around I love you pretty easily sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I agree. Yeah, it's um 
Yeah, it's it's just an amazing performance by both of them. Mm-hmm. And and I the interview that they did about the dance, you mm-hmm. know, they talked about that that was really their favorite scene. Both of yeah. them said that. And because it's how it's choreographed and where you are emotionally and the music mm-hmm. and it's I just hope we're since we're getting that that uh, music music person back and the choreographer back the composer and the choreographer back hopefully we'll see some more i don't think they'll achieve that again but something something similar yeah yeah i think they'll do great yeah yeah barrett is a master yeah definitely i love what she did with the music with the scores in this movie it just it's phenomenal i love it it is i mean it's it is really amazing Mm -hmm. so let's wrap it up with episode eight much as we might like not to right (laughs) (laughs) well i mean there's good there's the first half of it is just wonderful Mm -hmm. you know they go for a walk and they have the the wonderful kiss up on the cliff tops uh and even before that with sydney with him being almost like a schoolboy you know very hesitant very soft he's very muted in um caring for her even when he says uh you know i, I was walking to town and wondering if there's anything i might i might get for you and right. it's just, he's very soft in that moment he's very he's just he's just softened and that's not what you see in sydney throughout the entire series no and she is very responsive obviously mm-hmm. to it and even when they're walking up on the cliffs i love watching his arm as they're walking the arm that's right behind her back because there's a couple times and like he's gone to put it around her and then he pulls it back and he makes like a fist and then he's done that a couple times and i think that too is really sweet where he just it's not like a it, it's not a, like a sexual thing at all it's just a desire to be close to her and a desire to just know that she's his and i think that's his i don't think until that kiss he's really certain that she's his right yeah and her and she doesn't either mm-hmm. you know absolutely i mean she's been pretty upset with him and then he comes and says you know that i'm my best self with you and then obviously all she does is think about that all night mm-hmm. obviously it's all that both of them think about mm-hmm. that and so yeah it's when they have the kiss that um their relationship is cemented as it yeah. were and then as they're preparing for the ball and you know and then, of course, it it's so heartbreaking that they don't actually dance together in that ball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's another Mary Parker. Kate, I well, love you, but I just ha. Ah! <laughs> well, Tom is the first one to intercept them, mm-hmm. then Mary, yeah, then Stringer. You know, well, to be fair, Stringer didn't intercept Charlotte or Sydney. Mary, he had already done that for him, so he took his opportunity. Well, right, you know, but he took advantage of it. I mean, and then the, uh, but then we get to the balcony and are having this wonderful moment that gets totally interrupted by Edward's arrival. <laughs> I love to, because this is exactly what Sydney needs, because Sydney is not a bad guy. Sydney has just been self imposed exile emotionally he's been afraid he's been self-loathing he has been truly truly unhappy because Mm -hmm. he just 
feels the pain that the world has to offer rather than seeing it through Charlotte's eyes. And I think that's one of the things that helps him come out of that is Charlotte doesn't see the pain in the world. She sees all the things that could happen. And you see that even, even on the beach when she's talking with Esther and Esther says, look at the sea. Doesn't it all seem so dreary? Right. And where Esther sees a cage, Charlotte sees freedom. And it's the same thing with Sydney with the world. Sydney just sees all the pain it has to offer, but Charlotte sees all the benefits the world can give you. And she begins to open that up on him. So when he says, I hope I'm a different man now, she says, no, you're not a different man. You're a better man. Much improved. Yes. And so he's just opened himself up in such a beautiful way to her. Yes. And she brings joy, Mm -hmm. you know, because she sees who he is and she validates that he's worth loving. And that's what Charlotte is really good at doing is validating everyone's worth without even trying. Yeah. It just comes naturally to her. And she's a woman who's worth impressing. She's a woman who's worth putting time and effort into. And if she values you, that's a huge thing. And I think Sydney recognizes that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he, in the whole fire happens they both are people of action. He jumps in and starts trying to help put out the fire. As, as soon as he's able to, she shows up and starts getting the men organized. And then the next time we see them together is when they're talking with um, Lady D and telling her, you know, what's happened. And Again, Charlotte is bringing reason to that conversation Mm -hmm. and Sydney is bringing action. He's the one who's going to save the day. Why did he say a week? Couldn't you have said a month? I mean, a week is a long time to come up with that much money or not a long time to come up with that much money. Right. But, you know, she's, yeah, it was what it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was written that way for a reason. They, They had an ending in mind. Yeah, especially when they found out they weren't being renewed. Mm-hmm. This is very intentional on Davy's part. Yes. And he masterfully hooked us in. <laughs> and so the scene on the street, um, of course, we like the deleted version better when he kisses her. But I don't know. I think I think I like the one they left in a little better. It's more accurate. It is more accurate. That's why they left it in. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad they released the one they deleted. Exactly. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I do enjoy the deleted scene. I just prefer the one they left in. And then when he returns with the news that Sanadin is saved, but the two of them are lost, is is the emotion in that scene is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they return, when they he comes and stops the carriage, there's this part of me that wishes he didn't. But, you know, because there's this, you can see in her eyes, the faintest amount of hope. Yeah. She thinks he's coming to, to say, hey, I'm going to be with you. Um, I don't know that she thinks that. I, I, I think that there is just the glimmer of hope that that could be the case. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That that's what she hopes that this is going to happen. But she's, you know, anyway, obviously that isn't the case. And mm-hmm. he's still, what a strong woman she is that even when he says, I don't love her. She still says the right thing. Mm -hmm. Part of me wishes she didn't. Yeah. Well, (laughs) part of me wishes she would, especially knowing what I know now that he's not coming back. Yeah. Part of me wishes she just said, you know, I love you too, but 
we have to you you've made this commitment like couldn't you said that you loved him too just just give him a little bit of hope that if he leaves her you're still there well i understand why it happened the way it did yeah yeah but you know and that classic look of him as she's pulling away and, yeah it's painful yeah. to watch that part it is very painful. So we're ready for episode two. I mean, uh, season two, so that the Sanditon can recover a little. Mm -hmm. I think too that if we if we jump back to the ball scene real quick, when he yeah. they're talking in the balcony, he didn't have any obligation to go down and handle Edward. But that's who um, Sydney is. I understand what you mean, but it, that's right. That is who Sydney is. He would always be the one. Mm -hmm. he, I mean, he's the one who helped put out the fire. He was man in the hose. Uh, you know, Tom was nowhere in any of those situations. You actually see Tom in the Edward situation running around in the background. He was not there. And I think Tom knew, okay, my brother is not going to handle this. So I have to do what Charlotte said and help my brother, even if I don't want to, I've got to go do it. And I, he goes to help him. And even I love to, when he's bringing back the hose thing, he looks at, he looks at Charlotte as he's going past her. And you can tell that he, he there's almost like the sense of dread on his face as he looks at Charlotte and she's immobilized just for a minute after he looks at her. And then she's like, all right, let's go line, form a line. Yeah. So I, I just like that. They showed those, um, those character traits in both of them. But then when, um, right before he tells her, cause I try to watch that scene where they found out he's married, he's going to marry Eliza. I try to watch his expression and the expressions around them. So I rewinded a bunch of times and just how his whole body, and this is where Theo James is great at this role is he's very, he puts not, it's not just his words. It's not just the tone of his voice. He puts everything in his body into this. And in the moment his family leaves him, you see his whole body kind of just like fall mm -hmm. before he has to go do this unspeakably painful thing to the woman that he loves and cares about more than anybody else. And I just, the expression, and even, even how his voice kind of, how it wavers a little bit. Right. And it, it, there's almost like a tremble to him when he, when he tells her, that he's obliged to be engaged to her and you know that as she leaves he wants to follow her but he just he cannot he can't and i think that was his struggle on stopping the carriage too is the same reason why he didn't go after her in that moment because he knew that if he went after her then he wouldn't be able to go through with marrying eliza that right. would be it if he went after her and his family would be ruined mm -hmm. and then even at the wedding um this scene I think is really, really telling. And this is why I don't want him. this whole wedding scene is the reason why, because people are like, well, he's just using Eliza the way that Otis was going to use Georgiana. Or I also hear a lot of, well, she doesn't know what she's doing. No, Eliza absolutely knows what's happening because oh, yeah. the scene when Sydney goes up to Charlotte and I love that Lady Denham did that. Part of me wants to know what her goal was when she did that, because there was a reason she picked Sydney out particularly to come talk to Charlotte. Obviously, yes, I know they're fake characters, but still, there is a reason the writers wrote it that way. And I'd like, I'd like to know if there was a motivation other than just bringing Sydney and Charlotte back together again. But when he goes yeah. up there and talks to her, he has to be service level and you could tell it kills him because he, Charlotte is the only person in the world that Sydney can have, can go deeper with and he's not allowed to do it. And I think it kills him and it, Charlotte feels the exact same way. But when Eliza comes over and she's exerting her dominance over Charlotte, you, Sydney is just, He's pissed <laughs> and he, right. he won't acknowledge that Eliza's there. He won't respond to any of her questioning. He won't do anything. And he does that jaw tick. 
yeah. that I love that Theo James put into there that just shows his supreme frustration and irritation with Eliza. And you can tell by the expression on Eliza's face, she knows exactly what she's doing because mm -hmm. she's, it's that moment that she's saying, I'm your boss. You'll do what I say and you won't disagree with my methods. Right. And that's what's happening. I, I think she was really dominating him, not so much. Exactly. Her. Yeah. I'm your boss and you'll do what I say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, they are incredible actors, the two mm -hmm. of them, you know, I mean, the whole group, yeah. the whole ensemble is incredible. As um, I think it was uh, Chris Marshall, when he was interviewed, he said, these people really inhabit their characters. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so true. I mean, it's amazing to think about, mm -hmm. but it's also the reason why, as I've said before, that the actors and and Theo James will never see this show the way we do. Yeah. Because they know when the camera went off who they are and that's part of their memory. We don't have that memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's why people are like, you know, how can he separate himself from this show? Well, that's why. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a job. And if he didn't, I mean, Theo James and Ruth Kearney are great actors. And you can tell that by the fact that you get a you get the idea that they genuinely don't like each other. But in obviously that's not true because they're married in real life. They've got to like each other at least a little bit. Yeah. So if they didn't separate themselves from the show, what would that mean for their marriage? That would be terrible. That would be a terrible union. So the fact that they can portray such a... Obviously, Eliza's infatuated with him, but I don't think when you're watching this show and you're feeling the emotions that they feel, you don't feel that Eliza Campion loves Sydney Parker. You feel that mm -hmm. she wants him, but it's almost like she, it's more about winning him than it is about anything else. And you really genuinely feel that Sydney Parker cannot stand Eliza Campion in any way by the end. And that's right. obviously not true of the actors. No, of the people. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I saw, uh, read an interview where he talked about the fact that one of the reasons that it really worked with him and his wife is because they're both actors and they understand it's mm -hmm. acting. Yeah. You know, which it has got to be hard for somebody who's married to an actor. Yeah. <laughs> isn't an actor, you know, mm -hmm. isn't themselves an actor. Yeah. They're both really incredible. And I look forward to, they just can't produce more work fast enough in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, it's um, quite the, quite the job they did in the show and that's why we love it so much exactly and you know before theo james said no i'm not coming back my idea for what would happen because they sydney or theo and rose did such a great job not only portraying their characters but pouring a solid foundation for their relationship going forward they did such a great job making that foundation firm and making it long-standing that my whole goal for the coming seasons was that somehow, whether it's through Lady Susan or Babington, they were going to save the day. Sydney was going to be able to leave Eliza, whether they offered Eliza something in return or not. I Eliza would have to be the one to break it off, but Sydney would be able to come back and be welcomed back into the fold through by Charlotte, by you know work. I think he would have some work to do because you know he basically left her for someone else so there still would have to be some work to do there but they were endgame for me 
Mm-hmm. Obviously now oh, they're not, so we have to readjust, but they were end game for me. Well, of course, I mean, I don't think anybody could have watched that show and said, well, I don't care what happens to Charlotte and Sydney. Of course, you, that's what you cared about. I know, I know more than more people that I would think who are Team Stringlock. Right, but that that's Sydney's not coming wanted, back because of how it ended. Then they could really see, her oh, in- like even before, even before Theo James said he wasn't coming back, they were like, Sydney's wrong for her. He shouldn't be with her. She should be. With no, James. what what I mean after the show ended. Oh, with, yeah, yeah. You know, after they were broken up, then okay, great. Then she'll be with with a Stringer, but. I don't think he's even coming back to the show. I don't think so either. So he hasn't said anything yet. No. Yeah. And and I still maintain had the series continued right then that um, Theo would have come back a lot and so mm-hmm. would um, Ruth if they had if it had been confirmed right away. Yeah. But because I'm sure their contract said that, but once ITV broke the contract mm-hmm. that they were no longer obligated. I mean, it was two years out. Yeah. A lot of water under the bridge. And let's face it, you know, we have, we, we're not done going through a pandemic. We're, you know, we've been going through a pandemic. If there's nothing else that happens during this period of time is it gives people pause to think about what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. And just playing the same character is not that fulfilling for an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Theo James is, he likes to play different things. And as he said in the, during our Theo James appreciation day, he had said, um, I posted an interview where he was talking about social media and he had said that one of the reasons he doesn't go on there is because he wants people to see him as the characters he portrays and not himself. But that also means that he has to give over an awful lot of himself to be that character. Which he obviously does exactly and that's why no one else can be theo or can be sydney parker but stepping out of that role for two years and having other roles in the meantime i imagine it'd be pretty difficult for him to get back into that headspace of that character i mean he's a good actor he could do it but is it worth it for him And you know and obviously it's not what he wanted to do exactly and he can make his i don't know why everyone thinks that we make the decisions for him like he's a he's a grown man he can make it. We don't know why he's making the decisions and we don't have to, but who's to say he's not making the decision for the betterment of his family. Like really, are we not important that? Like, none of those people who are saying that are having their decisions made by Theo James. Exactly. It's <laughs> a good point. So I think that now what I would like to see, because obviously if there was any chance at all, I still want Sydney and Charlotte. That, that is my preferred storyline. It was what I would like to see. But since it does not look like that's there's any possibility, even remotely, there's not even a glimmer of hope, Theo James shut that right down on all of us. See, now people are upset at how he left the show. I think it was a little rude, his announcement. I think it was a little, in, not rude, but insensitive to the fandom. But if he had responded any other way, there would have been hope that he was coming back. No, that's right. So I think that, yes, it was it was pretty insensitive to the fandom, but it also shut down any glimmer of hope of him returning because people are like well maybe he'll make a cameo maybe he'll come back in season three but then when he put out that announcement we're like oh wow so he's really never coming back <laughs> so i think he had to be that way but now that we know he's not coming back my hope for charlotte and sydney is that there is a kind revolution or not revolution resolution and a way that they can both be a part 
happily for both of them. So I hope, I hope they resolve it that way for both. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yep. I love them together, but you know, life isn't always fair. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. And people are going to have to accept it, whether they like it or not. Theo James teaching us life lessons right there. <laughs> yep. That's right. You know, and, and I'm sure that there was a negotiation between him and PBS and, you know, the production crew about how the announcement was made and what was said, you know, I'm sure there was, they, it was a, it was a joint decision. Yeah, I'm sure. But it's easier to have a scapegoat. It's easier to have someone to be mad at than actually look at it logically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Theo James, if you ever watch this, which I doubt you do, we love you. Oh, absolutely. Look, really look forward to seeing him in the future mm -hmm. and whatever yeah. he, he exactly whatever, whatever character he chooses to mm -hmm. inhabit he's a great actor i'm not going to boycott him because he's no longer sydney parker exactly i like the stuff he does yep <laughs> and uh ruth if you're watching this we're okay with you coming back maybe you can be <laughs> maybe eliza can be reformed i kind of hope what my original hope was was that edward would be the one to pull Eliza away from Sydney and Edward and Eliza would be together. That was originally <laughs> what I wanted to see happen. That's quite the scenario. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, if that can at all be done, let's do that. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what Ruth does too with her acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next week is going to be a recap of episode four because we've done our four rounds. So we will, we'll be diving into Janice's absolute favorite episode next week. <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking uh Jedediah James. And I'm I'm excited because that's the that's the only episode we see him in. But I hope we, I hope he comes back. Well we see him in six. Jedediah James. Not Jedediah. Oh my gosh. How do you pronounce his first name? He's Otis. Oh yeah. I not Jedediah. Know, I, I don't know. But it's like J I J Y U D A H, I think. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but haven't he, heard about him if he's coming back or not. I, I, I they, I think they tidied him up, so I think he could go either way because he's in the Navy, so he could, they could very easily be done with his character, in. but he could also. But come it'll back. be interesting to see what they do with, <clears throat> with her. Yeah, and I think, I think they put his character in a way that he could or couldn't come back without problem. Yep. So and and maybe that they just don't want to announce all of the people who are mm -hmm. coming back. I kind of like the trickle effect yeah. because like in our Facebook group, it gives me uh, the opportunity to be like, Hey, guess what? This person's coming back now. And then we can do like the appreciation post for them. So I kind of like that. We get to help announce the the characters coming back. Although everyone is on the Sanderson sisterhood page. So they all know, but still, I like, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. So we will see you guys next week for our recap of episode four. Enjoy. Let us know if you like this episode. If you, what do you think about Sydney and and Charlotte? But try to be unbiased from the Theo James announcements. Just <laughs> stick to the characters. What do you think of the characters and the relationship? Are we right? Are we wrong? And if you want to be on the show, if you want to co-host an episode with me, like my my pal Janice here, who is going to, I I think you're going to be a fairly regular co-host because we enjoy it. We like talking Sanderson together. Yeah. Um, but reach out to us. We have the Sanditon, the dot Sanditon Chronicles at gmail.com. We have our Facebook group, the Sanditon Chronicles, Sanditon Family Fan Club. All those links will be in the podcast description. So reach out. 
And I appreciate all of you who reached out to our email and uh, thanked us for the show and told us how you felt about the show. I really, I read all those emails and I really appreciate you guys reaching out and encouraging, encouraging our team to keep doing this. And the new so, members. Yes, exactly. We are up to 800 members now. Let's keep it growing because the more people I can get in the group, the more, uh, really what we need is the more people we can get watching this podcast, the better content I can bring you with the podcast. And I'm going to leave that to you to think of what I mean on that. But the more, the more viewers we get, the better opportunities we have to give you. So keep more sharing. What's up? More doors open. Open. Yes, exactly. More doors open. You win with more viewers, the more doors open. Yep. <laughs> so keep subscribing, liking, and rating. If you're on iTunes, rate us. If you're on Amazon Music, rate us. Give us good ratings and we'll we'll keep it going for you. So that's it for this week. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.